This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, before you get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this today for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your applications in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description in the box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome back, welcome back, and man, these few weeks have not been kind to Raiders fans, I can tell you that right now. It's been a very, very heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching, gut-punching few weeks, and Raider Nation, I know, is restless. I know that Raider fans are sick, tired, angry, upset, pissed off. All of the above. Check every single box because it has been an utter collapse. And, you know, it, there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way to cherry coat it. You got to look at what it is. Uh, the second half collapses of the Raiders have been a sort of a fixture uh, with the franchise for quite a number of years. Uh, Things started to look better. Things started to turn around. We were told as Raider fans that this was a team that was different. This was a team that was not the same team as 2019, that this was a better team. And we all believed the hype. We all bought into it. We all bought into what this team could have been, what this team should have been. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of adjustments weren't made. And we talk about second half adjustments. You know, where I see a deficiency is that the Raiders had started to make strides in second half adjustments in game, but there were no second half adjustments in the season. The Raiders entered into a stretch of the season that was supposed to be, quote unquote, the easiest part of the schedule, the easiest stretch down the road. You had some games in there that may have been tough, some games that should have been easy, 
and the Raiders got embarrassed in a lot of these games. You know, that's why I never want to ever look at strength of schedule anymore. I don't want to look at easy stretches. I don't want to look at analytics, any of that. Just line up against a team and play some football. Don't worry about what the record is, who this opponent is, who they lost to, who they beat, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You just saw the Jets win two games. So the Jets almost beat the Raiders. You see the Falcons destroy the Raiders. You see this Falcons hold their own against the Chiefs. They lost, but they held their own. And so any given Sunday, football is is a completely different game than baseball, than hockey, than basketball. Those games are pretty predictable. And you have more opportunities. You've got more games in hockey. You've got more games in baseball. You've got more games in basketball. Football, you have 17 weeks. You have 16 games. And every week counts. We can talk about, well, it's not a division game. It's not a conference game. Now, at the end of the day, they all count. At the end of the day, especially in the AFC, all these games count. All these games mean something. All these games stand for something because these teams are so close. They're so neck and neck. You got the Browns, the Dolphins, the Ravens. The Raiders were at that point for a second. But all these teams were neck and neck, knocking on the door. The Colts, knocking on the door of the playoffs. Who's going to get in? We're sitting here in week 17, and you still have teams that don't know that last wild card spot. And so teams are still fighting for that position. The Raiders are eliminated. The Raiders are out. The Raiders are Playoff contention is is out the window. We're not talking playoffs anymore. And now the Raiders play the Broncos this Sunday. And realistically, all I want to see is this team be respectable. I want to see this team get a win. Finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Finish with a better record than what you had last year at 7-9. and nine. Show some improvement over last year. Beat Denver on the road. Finish on a high note. And what I want to see from the Raiders is I want to see some of these guys get some burn. I want to see some of these guys that shouldn't be in the game get out of the game. I want to see what some of these young players that we haven't seen can do. You know, John Gruden talks about building this team. He talks about what this team's future is. I want to see what some of these young players can do. You know, we haven't seen a lot of Amik Robertson. We haven't seen a lot of Brian Edwards. We haven't seen a lot of Henry Ruggs. You know, a lot of these guys are top picks, and we haven't seen what they can do on the field. You know, Henry obviously has had his battles with injuries. He's had his battles with COVID, uh, but he's healthy now, hopefully. Uh, I know that he was coming off the COVID list last week, and John Gruden said that's why he was limited in in action. But I want to see what he can do, and I want to see what we have going forward because I think that Henry is going to be a huge piece of the offense. I want to see Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards is a guy that I was excited about coming out of coming out of South Carolina. He's a guy that I want to see more of. I want to see what Carr and him can do. And also, I want to see, you know, what we can do with Mariota. What is Mariota's future going to be? Is he going to be a backup for the Raiders? Are the Raiders going to move him in a trade? What is What capacity are they going to use him? Because right now, it's $7.5 million. That's a hefty price tag for a backup quarterback. Next year, we're looking at $10 million. That's a very hefty price tag. And so what is the plan for Mariota? We know that Carr is a starter. We know that Carr is a guy. But what is their plan for Mariota? What is the plan going forward? You know, quite frankly, when I was watching the game, 
that Mariota got in against the Chargers, he played very well. And one of the things that I liked is that he has the ability to change things up. He has the ability to run on the fly. He goes off his first read and then he runs, which is fine, which I think would be a great addition to this offense because it adds another wrinkle. I've said it multiple times. Mariota adds another dimension to the offense. Carr's obviously the guy. Carr's going to be the starter. We know that. And Carr's done a great job. He hasn't done anything to lose his job. But when we look at last week, Carr comes out against the Dolphins, and they were 0 for 10 on third downs. Uh, five red zone trips, four of them resulted in field goals. The play calling was very lackluster in those third downs and those red zone trips. And one of the things that stood out to me was that there weren't a lot of creative plays. These are perfect opportunities to get a guy like Mariota involved in the offense. Mariota's a guy that, you, like I said, can roll out and move. Carr was a little bit limited with his groin. And so if you bring a guy like Mariota in, it gives him the ability to roll out, run a bootleg, do something different, move up for a touchdown, move up for a first down, make some moves, with, make some plays with his legs. And those are some of the things that we need to see. Carr typically could do those things in a game, but like I said, he was hindered by his groin injury. And oftentimes I think that John Gruden's play calling did not play to the strengths of his quarterback in that situation. The designed rollouts with Jason Witten being the only target, those things aren't going to work. We got a guy like Darren Waller, who's your number one tight end, top two tight end in the league. You got to get him the ball. You got to find opportunities for him to get the ball. When Hunter Renfro is a third down machine, you got to find ways for him to get the ball. Jalen Richard as well. Those designed rollouts are so frustrating, especially when you have a quarterback who is limited in his mobility at that time. Typically, Carr would be able to make that run. Carr would be able to make some cross-the-body throws. But you saw that he was hindered in some of those situations. Those would be a perfect opportunity to call a creative play. And that's my frustration is that the play calling hasn't been creative. I think that what happens in the beginning of the season is the Raiders do all these things. They get, you know, they don't even get creative. They make plays. They're able to run the ball well. And as the season progresses, the offensive line gets beat up. They're not able to run block as well as they were before. Josh Jacobs gets beat up. He's not able to run as strong as he was before. Derek Carr injures his groin. He can't run like he did. He can still throw the dang ball pretty damn well. But you have limitations, and that's where the deficiencies on defense really shine through. Early in the season where you're scoring 30 points a game, those deficiencies aren't as bright because you're putting up more points in the defense. But at the end of the day, the defense is still allowing 31 points a game. So when the offense isn't putting up 30 points, the offense is putting up 22 points or 26 points, those are the times. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Times where the defense's deficiencies shine brighter, and that's where, of course, the spotlight goes on to the quarterback. But we got to look at the play calling. We got to look at what is happening for these plays to be called. Why are some of these plays being called? If you go 0 for 10 on third downs, that is a coaching issue. That is a coaching problem, and that's something that needs to be addressed. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break here, and when I come back, I'm going to bring in my boy to help me talk about some of these coaching issues, some of these third down issues, some of these defensive problems, and what we can look forward to this Sunday and into the offseason. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total business than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. 
Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back, and I'm going to make a little bit of a change from the norm. Now, normally I call in and I get on Raider Cody's show and we talk a little bit. This time I'm going to have Cody call in and hop on my show, and we're going to talk some Raiders football. So let me go ahead and get Cody on the line, and when I come back, we're going to have Raider Cody talk some football. And we are back, and I have with me a guy that I normally go on to his show and talk some football. Brought him on my show. Raider Cody, what's up, dog? What's up, dude? I like the reverse roles because you get all the stress of figuring out what to talk about and what order and run the pace, and I get to just sit back and talk Raiders football. This is fun. <laughs> Man, you know, it's uh, it's not a fun time to talk Raiders football, I'll tell you that. You know, we, nah. uh, we typically like talking about wins, and we haven't had too many of those. And I was talking earlier about, you know, John Gruden has done a better job of managing second half in-game uh, game situations and second half adjustments. But now I feel like we've had some issues with the second half of the season adjustments. What do you, what have you seen from this team and what do you think is the major cause of that? I saw what well, was pretty much our worst nightmare, right? Whenever we were six and four this year and we came across another loss where I think we're sitting at like six and six at the time. And we're thinking, you know, is this going to be the same old Raiders and, and looking yeah. at the adjustments that we've been making in the off season, and thinking of, you know, really what we're even told in the draft, Kenny. Remember, like, Mike Mayock, uh, his whole thing that he was building in this in this locker room is character, and you didn't want your guys to get down. But, you know, of course, there was, you know, a defensive coordinator fired, you know, a few games later, things that were just going south that were, you know, it was like that monkey on our back, and yeah. it turned into us just being the same old Raiders, it felt like. And, and not necessarily same old Raiders because – not every year's been like this, but you know, just last year we we went through the same freaking thing, and and it's frustrating. But uh, I don't know what, what I'm seeing from John Gruden is is finally hopefully we're gonna make a change at defensive coordinator. Um, I like Rod Marinelli filling in. Is it a long term answer? Who knows? Um, but I ex- you know expect at least maybe you know a, a young prospect to get in here and. Maybe he's not quite defensive coordinator yet, at least, but maybe he comes in and, and starts learning in the wings and we wait for that right, you know, that right replacement. And that's kind of just where it's where I'm sitting. I'm I'm in off season mode, man. I'm in off season mode. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. You know, we look at this game and, you know, we're eliminated from the playoffs. So playoff contention, the mathematical equation of what it takes to make the playoffs is, is off the table. Uh, we go into this game against Denver and the Raiders are looking at either being eight and eight or seven and nine. And, you know, for seven to nine, that's the same team as last year. And, yeah. you know, whereas there's some things to build off of, the offense obviously got better. Uh, the defense was the same old story. I feel like the defense actually may have had a regression because with the firing of Brentson Buckner, the defensive line didn't play as well as they did last year. And, you know, that's one of the frustrating things for me. But the other thing is, where do we go from here? You know, we've got Marcus Mariota, who, you know, he's a great backup. But are we going to pay a backup $10 million next year? Mm. Or are the Raiders going to move on from it? What, I mean, what do you see happening with Marcus? What do you see happening with Nathan Peterman? Um, obviously, Carr is the guy. But, you know, what what does this, you know, this quarterback room look like next year? That is going to be interesting. Uh, looking at – because we're, we're going to be paying a lot of attention to the books now because from the first year that Mayo came in, we nailed the draft so much we almost, you know, cared – too much about draft picks this last year 
and we are really banking on our rookies, right? You know, we're thinking we're yeah. going to bring in a first round wide receiver, a, f- a first round corner. We're going to bring in we're, we're going to bring in this talent um, and be able to succeed off of our rookies, even though knowing these guys, you know, have a learning curve. Obviously, injuries hindered them. Um, so it's going to be it, it, I don't know. Mariota is one of the guys that I add to the list of Tyrell Williams, Lamarcus Joyner, guys like that, where. You know, do we keep them around or do we find ways to smartly spread their money? Do we do we take Tyrell Williams contract and do we stack that on and pay Nelson Aguilar? Because I'd say yes. Mm-hmm. Do we take LaMarcus Joyner? Do we maybe make his contract expendable? Do we, you know, is Amik Robertson ready yet? Probably not. But can we find another veteran that can fill in there and maybe add some help at safety? Can we add a veteran safety like center fielder to kind of shore up that secondary? You know, can we draft heavy, you know, pass rushers? You know, maybe, maybe do we kick the tires? We got like, you know, what is it? Um, uh, Houston, Justin Houston, he's going to be a free agent. We have Everson Griffin. We have a lot of, you know, defensive yeah. ends that are going to be free agents. Do we start, you know, learning, hey, maybe we need to start investing a little bit into some veterans now to really bring this team together because obviously the young guys aren't going to keep their morale high enough at the end of the year. I think that's kind of what it came down to. Whenever that big loss – I shouldn't say big loss. That close loss to Kansas City felt like a big loss because it probably just hurt so bad because they were so close to beating him again. But it shouldn't have been, right? We we split the series. Right. We should have been able to pick ourselves back up and win, you know, four of our last five games. Uh, yeah, that game, I, I feel like that game, that KC loss, was more detrimental to this team than the Falcons loss. You know, even with the getting blown out by the Falcons, I feel like that KC loss was so demoralizing to this team, and I feel like they had a really hard time bouncing back from that. And looking at it and talking about what you said, you know, thinking about some options that they, that may be out there, uh, this is one that kind of stands out to me. And this is a guy that has said that you know he's been a corner his whole life, but he could go that Charles Woodson route and move to safety as he's lost a step. He's had some injuries, uh, but he's a very cerebral player. He's a very smart player. He's a, a great leader, and that's Richard Sherman. Yeah. I think that Richard Sherman would be a guy that if we bring him in to play safety, I think that he may be the the difference maker in that secondary. What do you think about that? It's definitely an option I can see happening. And obviously Richard Sherman being his own, like, you know, he's, he's his own agent. So uh, him him deciding that move on where he's, you know, going to best fit. And if Mayock and John Gruden see him as that, then obviously that's something that could work out. And uh, him working out his own deals, obviously, just like what he did for the 49ers, betting on himself, uh, being, you know, heavily, in, uh, a lot of incentives they built into his contract. And that's something that I think that, you know, the Raiders would really bite onto because it's not like, you know, Richard Sherman really proved that he was still, you know, a number one corner in the league or anything. Making the move to safety is kind of that, okay, well, this is kind of the, the tail end of the road here. So uh, maybe he could latch on and see that, look, this is a top five offense, um, you know, potentially. I'd say overall in the 2020 season was a top 10, but you know, you get these guys like Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards as they develop and the offensive line kind of gets gelling again. Josh Jacobs gets back to, you know, true form. Hopefully, you know, Tom Cable and this offensive line finds their way again. Maybe he sees this offense and says, hey, I can be the leader of that secondary and we can flip this defense around just like he did in San Francisco um, and, and make some things happen and, and make it a Super Bowl contender. And hey, you know, Las Vegas is nice. Sherm, come on over. Hey, no taxes. You know, you want to make your money. You want to keep your money. That's a good place to go. But this is what I look at. You know, I've seen on social media a lot. You have a lot of rare fans that have been saying, get car more weapons, get the offense more weapons. And I'm on the opposite. I think that we have the weapons. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. We've got we've got a lot of weapons. We have a lot of talent. We have a top two tight end. We've got a top ten running back. We have a top five on, offensive line. Our receivers are good. Um, you know, I want to see the progression of Rugs and Edwards, but you bring back Aguilar. That those are guys that you build off of. Penner Renfro is one of the best slots in the game. I look at this offense and I want to see some of the weapons that we have utilized more. You That's know, what I'm saying. Win, yeah, don't more Moreau. Right. Yes. It, it, it's don't don't get us more weapons, Gruden. Get your weapons that you already have on the field and use exactly. them more. Um, I, I, I really don't understand it. And we just talked about right before we got on this podcast. It, it was actually shocking. You know, Darren Waller it leads the league in red zone targets. And I and we also, you know, by far, this offense also leads the league in uh, short yardage field goals. I think, uh, you know, inside or whatever it is, 20 yards or something, we lead the league in the amount of field goals that we kick. And I think that's it's weird because numbers can get skewed because I'd like to also see the number of total red zone trips we take because I guarantee we're right there at the top. I guarantee you, you know, we're one of those offenses that always move the ball. We, we very rarely punt. Believe it or not, Raider Nation, uh, there's, you know, it's either we're going three and out or we're taking it the distance into the red zone. Yeah. Um, and, and, and more times than not, we, we really do. We're, we're highly efficient. So it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know what the identity of this offense is yet, but it's cool that they added the calculated deep shots. Derek and Nelson kind of getting on the same page, being able to use rugs here and there. Darren Waller making big catches, things like that. I, I think we have all the weapons we need. Now it's just putting it together in the red zone, and that's yeah. all we're missing to really be. I mean, if we put it together in the red zone this year, Kenny King, we're I mean, top five, top three offense. If if we can be as efficient in the red zone as we were the rest of the field, I agree. I agree. I I I stand by the fact that I don't think we need more weapons. I think we just need to utilize what we have. The money that we are gonna have next year, I want to see going to defense. I want to see them build on the defense, build everything you can. And that draft needs to go to the defense, but also the draft needs to look at, you know, the offensive line. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, we have to look at, you know, some of the some of the things that are going to happen, some of the inevitables. Richie Cognito is coming off an Achilles injury. He's 38 years old next season. Uh, Rodney Hudson isn't getting any younger. He's looking to retire pretty soon. Trent Brown, he can't stay healthy. He's a guy with a very large salary cap hit and limited time on the playing field. And so these are some players that we're going to need to look at potential replacements, potential successors, uh, potential moves. And so, you know, if they are going to spend any picks on the offense, it needs to be on the offensive line. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if they did draft an offensive tackle just because just as an insurance policy, still keep Trent around uh, mm -hmm. just because. Um, but I will say actually one, one more little hiccup to adding weapons to the offense. I would say, I don't want to say like, you know, cause you, you, you talk about adding weapons and you're thinking like, Oh, you know, we need to find that top, paid wide receiver or we need to go draft a guy early i could see us I, I would not you know be opposed to adding another veteran wide receiver to kind of plug and play like i i, I could i could deal with that if we're going to lose tyro williams kind right. of get back in the mix i like hunter renfro's role where you can kind of come in and rotate in but if not for you know brian edwards and henry ruggs as they're on this learning curve zay jones obviously for whatever reason not being the guy that's able to come in and play whenever need be you know, throw in another veteran guy on a, on a cheap contract, not necessarily a, a weapon per se, but, you know, just kind of another tool in the tool bag just to see, uh, just to kind of keep her in rotation. Because obviously I think that's what Derek has had more success with is veteran wide receivers, um, you know, low cost, uh, low risk type guys. 
and get in there. You know what they're made of. You know what their skills are. You're not having to develop them in any way because they've already hit their ceilings and see what they can do. But I completely agree. I think the rest comes around building this defense and our defense isn't even that far away. Like you look at it, it's like, okay, no. let's let's draft some pass rush. Maybe get some young interior guys in there, right? Like the Mo Hurst type players. Let's get some more of those guys in the mix. Um, and I just, I really have my eyes on veteran secondary players. I, I feel like every off season, you're probably the same way you go into the off season with like a certain prototype of player that you want to see. And I, I really envision us getting a veteran center fielder. And I don't know necessarily who that's going to be really. I mean, uh, <laughs> at some point that's going to be something I'm going to look into, but I feel like that's like just really what we're missing to this team. Yeah, and I think these next couple of weeks is where we're going to start really diving into and, and looking at, you know, who these potential players are that we're going to be looking at. But I agree with you. I think that especially in the secondary, especially with a young secondary, a young, talented secondary that just doesn't have a lot of discipline. We need somebody who can get in there and discipline these guys who can lead by example, who's had success in this league and also somebody who has been able to get after the ball because, Unfortunately, our secondary hasn't had a lot of success with turnovers, and that's where we really need to start creating some opportunities is in the secondary and getting turnovers. I think we had, what, six interceptions this year? Yeah, it's not going to cut it. And, I mean, Trayvon Mullen, he had you know a couple bad games that you can look at and say, oh, well, he's not the player we expected him to be. Uh, you, can look at, you can look at Jonathan Abram, and you can see, oh, you know, he's taking bad angles on tackles. He's been in weird situations. He looks confused out there. Damon Arnett constantly getting hurt, but then you go and you look at whenever things flipped around and there's no Gunther and you see Marinelli using these guys in completely different roles. It seemed like, I mean, Trayvon Mullen had a pretty good game this, this last week. Yeah. The week before it was, he getting kind of tormented a little bit. Yeah. He was getting picked on, but he was, I mean, he held his own and he, and he, and he still, I felt like, you know, he came made a big pass breakup in the end zone, things like that. I, I still have a lot of hope for these young secondary guys. Seeing Jonathan Abram finally blitzing off the edge. Kenny King, how many times have I been pounding the table for that? Um, you know, not just sending them in. I got tired of seeing this guy sit behind Hankins or Hurst or something, you know, in between the guard and the tackle and try and, you know, just bully the guard. An offensive guard. Why are you going to put your safety on an offensive guard? Send him around the outside with a full head of steam. And, and we saw that a couple times. He was able to get some pressure. Uh, that That's what I want to see out of 24. Kind of a hybrid safety linebacker not put him in that yes. you know new age linebacker role but let him play around a little bit leave a little little red rover let him let him get out there and and just you know look for a big hit or a play play or him like prez play him yeah. like prez see how you see how they use prez uh that's i mean that's the kind of player that he is he's a box safety and that's where he excels he plays well in that in that role I got to give credit, you know, the defense looked a lot better. The secondary looked a lot better against the Dolphins. And, you know, huge credit to Jeff Heath and Mike Mayhawk, man. Those guys stepped in uh, <laughs> with Tabor Johnson and uh, and Jim O'Neill out with COVID. Those guys stepped in and, and did a pretty good job. So, you know, credit to those guys. I mean, thought, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that you're it's crazy that your general manager and a in a safety on injured reserve or coaching in a national football game, but this is peak 2020. It's 2020, dude. What I mean, what other year would this ever happen? Man, it's nuts. But <laughs> hey, Cody, I know that we've got a lot that we're going to talk about. I know that uh, I'm going to be talking with you on Sunday after this yes. Broncos game. Uh, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with as we head into this Denver game? Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is I want you guys, I'll, I'll encourage you guys, should I say, to wake up the same way I am, of course, it doesn't feel the same. 
And they, they, I mean, I look, I've always wanted the Raiders to play meaningful football in January, especially, in, you know, in December is one thing. But I've always wanted them to play football in January. Well, we're going to be playing football in January, and it's not going to be very, very meaningful, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But, I mean, you still got to wake up and expect a win. Uh, we're, we're not playing for draft picks. Uh, right. th- these, these, these moral victories that everybody's going to laugh about, we really need them. I mean, with this collapse, a little win like this, uh, will help repair, I don't want to say like the mental damage, but just just the, you know, losing like this, it, it really does damage a locker room. It can damage the the young guys, um, you know, with detrimental endings to the seasons like what, you know, we've had the last two years. G- going out with a win is, is is a lot bigger than what you guys, you know, think. You know, we're looking towards the future. And if we can if we can beat a division rival on the road in January, in the cold, something a little bit different. Um, it's gonna feel a little good, and it'll feel better going to the off season as a Raiders player. Knowing the last time you suited up in the Raiders uniform, you know you won your football game. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Nelson Aguilar. You know, I want him to have a good game and play good yeah. and win the football game because I want to be able to re-sign him. You know, I'm sure the Raiders have probably already tried. Um, you know, I'm sure they've reached out. I'm sure they've been in contact. It's a long process. We want Nelson Aguilar to resign with the Raiders. So we need to win. Um, and, and as well as some of these other guys, you know, whenever we're attracting other free agents, we need reasons for them to want to come play for us. And eight and eight looks a lot better than seven and nine and being, you know, one or two ticks out of being a playoff contender. So um, that's, that's how I'm looking at this Kenny King. Hey man, eight and eight, we're not losers anymore. Cody, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on brother. I will talk to you on Sunday. I'll probably talk to you before that, but I'll definitely be on your pod on Sunday. Um, appreciate you coming on. And uh, have a good night, man. Yeah, man. I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, bro.